picture tells a thousand words. Welcome to SBH Bronx Health Talk, produced by SBH Health System and broadcast from the beautiful studios at St. Barnabas Hospital in the Bronx. I'm Stephen Clark. This is certainly the thinking behind the diagnosis and treatment of injuries and diseases using medical imaging, aka radiology. Specifically, these are x-rays and ultrasounds, MRIs and CAT scans, fluoroscopies and mammographies. Neuroradiology is a subspecialty of radiology. It focuses on the diagnosis and characterization of abnormalities of the central and peripheral nervous system, spine, and head and neck using neuroimaging techniques. With us today to discuss neuroradiology is Dr. Rezia Ramani, Chief of Neuroradiology and Musculoskeletal Imaging at SBH Health System. Welcome, Dr. Ramani. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So let's start out. Um, what is, in layman's term, a neuroradiologist, and what kind of conditions do you typically see? So a neuroradiologist is someone who specializes in the branch of radiology, which, as you said, deals with the central and peripheral nervous system. So that essentially includes from head to toe, if you start uh, looking at the human body, your entire brain, your maxillofacial head and neck, your neck, and your entire spinal cord in the spine. So what a neuroradiologist does is, you know, we specialize in diagnosing diseases of the central and peripheral nervous system, and we use these Im various imaging techniques, and they can range from CT to MRI to PET scans and other sophisticated Im imaging techniques, and uh, we figure out what really is going on inside the human body. So, so as to say, like a detective, you know, if someone comes with a problem, we figure out what is going on, what, what are the other different options. The conditions you most commonly see, are they traumas? So mix of all in all. So uh, I commonly, you know, uh, like a CT exam is the main workhorse for neuroradiology, and common things that we see is headache or seizures. They're very common. Or um, someone with just sinus problems, they're, those are pretty seasonal. And trauma, because we are a level two trauma center, so we do a bulk load of uh, trauma cases day in, day out. Do you see uh, pediatric patients as well as adults? Yes, I do entire neuroradiology, so that includes peds as well. And I guess very often the uh, diagnosis is not really confirmed until after they see you, correct? That is totally true. So uh, like I said, you know, we are, the, we are like the detectives trying to figure out what's going on. And once we figure it out, we kind of spread the information ar uh, around to rest out the medical team. What should a patient prepare for before they see you? So it really depends on the type of exam they're going in for. Uh, for example, if it's a simple x-ray, you really don't have to prepare anything, you just show up. If it's something like a CT scan, and specifically like if it's a CT with dye, then there are certain prerequisites, you know, you would have an interview with your doctor, you would let them know if you have any allergies, that's number one. And if you do have allergies, the, we can still do the exam, we can pre-medicate the patient and still do the exam, or we can choose a different exam which doesn't require that contrast or the dye. Uh, other thing is if you're diabetic, if you, if you have bad kidneys, then we need to know that. In that case, we don't wanna give you that dye because that, uh, that, would, that would put too much pressure on your kidneys which are not functioning too well. Other thing is the weight limit. 
the main weight limit on our CT scanners here is about 350 pounds. So that's another thing. In fact, we had the case this morning, I just had a case, patient was 305 pounds and they were like, oh, can we do an MRI? And unfortunately, our weight limit is 300 pounds. I've always been somewhat confused between the difference between an MRI and a CAT scan. And I know when you're going for like an orthopedic injury or something, it's almost used interchangeable, but that's not really right, is it? Uh, not at all. So for orthopedic injury, I personally feel like M MRI is a bigger bang for your buck. Um, you get really uh, good soft tissue details with MRI. For example, when you're watching, um, you know, watching sports and you see all these sports injuries, they talk about meniscal tears and ACL tears. So invariably, that's uh, only seen on MRI because MRI provides superior soft tissue resolution, which we are not able to get with CT scan. What is a CAT scan used for? Uh, so CAT scan, is, uh, like I said, it's uh, more useful for bony injuries. So for trauma cases, you know, uh, we would get a head and neck scan as a routine because you can have spine injuries. And it's really good for blood, acute blood. If someone has a brain bleed, we it's, it's the test to go for. It's also very quick and very good for cases like stroke or infarct. So infarct is like a heart attack of your brain, right? So it's it's very quick. It's in a couple of seconds. You get the images real fast and you are racing against time. So CT is the way to go in those scenarios. Again, someone could could spend, I mean, some, uh, some scans are done quickly, like you mentioned, and some take quite a while, right? Sure. So for something like MRI, which is a much more sophisticated exam, one issue is it's a longer exam. It can take up to 45 minutes, even when we cut down sequences. And the other thing is you have to kind of lay still for that time. So that's that's hard even for adults. And that poses a problem, you know, in, in a children, especially like less than 10 years old, they would need sedation. So that's another issue. And even in adults with a lot of, uh, who, are, who have very painful um, pathologies going on, like a spine infection, it's very, very hard for them to stay still. In that case, also, we have to arrange for anesthesia before they get to the radiology department. You hear a lot about, when you, when you talk about radiology, you, talk, you hear about false positives and false negatives. What exactly do they mean by that? So it really depends on what the exam is and uh, what it's used for. For example, um, mostly uh, MRI or CTR are the superior most exam. For example, you, find it's, you can use tests for problem solving. For example, I see something on an x-ray and I'm not sure if it's a tumor or infection, I might order an MRI of the ankle. And that usually is the ultimate test and 99% of the time it would give me an answer. There are very few cases, for example, someone who is a diabetic and also a smoker who has really bad vessels, which could be from diabetes, which could be from this. On top of that, he's a drug abuser, so you don't know if that's from infection or just bad vessels. So that we call neuropathic joint. And um, sometimes we can differentiate one or the other. In those cases, few cases, we might have to just go in and uh, do a bone biopsy or something like that. So, so after somebody has their pictures taken, sure. um, I guess you go into a room and you go over them and you have to, I mean, obviously, 
the proof is in the pudding at that time. Mm -hmm. That's when you're actually the detective trying to d determine uh, what's going on. Sure. So what we do in our department is we are constantly monitoring uh, the cases. So for example, uh, when someone is getting an MRI done in real time, uh, I'm in the background uh, looking at other tests and I'm monitoring the exam. If we need to add some extra sequence for that specific patient at that point in time, we'll actually do that. And as we are reading out, uh, we uh, make uh, fine-tuned changes. Uh, for example, I'm not going to talk to the patient directly and give them a bad news that, oh, they got a cancer or something. Right. I would discuss it with their doctor. But at the same time, um, for example, I had a patient this morning who came as an outpatient, a routine follow-up two weeks after his brain bleed. And this uh, lady had a new bleed in her brain. So what we had to do is we had to like have a go to ER right away and get the neurosurgery team involved. So that's what I mean by we are constantly monitoring these patients. Some of them may have unexpected findings which may need a specific intervention at that point in time. So I guess, again, the clock is always ticking or very often ticking and you've got a deadline where you just can't say, you know, I'll check this out tomorrow. Sometimes there's a real priority involved. Sure, sure, because we are dealing with human lives and you never know, uh, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, every case that I open, an image is the patient in front of me. Uh, it's equivalent to one life, so that's, that's how it is. Has the technology improved dramatically over the time that you've been a neuroradiologist? Yeah, all, it's, it has improved so much, I can't even tell you. Um, although radiology is you know, a relatively new field of medicine, it's only been around since the end of 19th century. So that's only like 120 years. And the entire field of medicine, you can, you know, it's like predates the Stone Age. It's, uh, it's been around forever. Since I've been, uh, you know, more sophistication has been um, uh, applied in different modalities. And the latest I hear, we have proton uh, therapy, which is uh, another addition to cancer treatment, which only chosen few centers are uh, giving in New York City. If you're claustrophobic, is that a concern? Uh, yes, yes, because uh, we do not have open MRI at this time. But hopefully in the near future, um, we should be able to get that. But we do show you really nice um, CDs and uh, music <laughs> music um, headphones uh, when you're in the MRI machine. But it's a long exam. Because that would be my concern. I mean, I, I had an MRI once and they said to me, are you claustrophobic? And I said, hell yes. Yeah. And they tried me on the the one that wasn't open and I had a real problem with that and they moved me to the other one. But I guess mm -hmm. there are ways that you can somehow get someone like me through the process without them freaking out, right? Yes, if you provide us with your favorite music ahead of time, <laughs> whatever it may be, Beatles or whatever right. you like. And also, you know, for Pete's patients, I remember during my fellowship, we would have really beautiful Disney-themed mm -hmm. CT scanners, and you can make the environment a little bit more user-friendly uh, till we get our open MRI. So have some Crosby, Stills, and Nash ready for me if I ever go down there. Sure, 100%. <laughs> how, how, I'm curious. Now, a neuroradiologist, obviously, you did fellowship training after you graduated your residency sure. with a radiology degree. Sure. Um, what made you decide to go into that area? 
Oh, I just love uh, brain. I just, I'm so fascinated by all the things we know about brain, the small little thing which controls your whole body and so many things that we don't know. So half of the brain, uh, the left side of our cerebral hemisphere, there's very little we know about um, what it can and cannot do. And I think the possibilities are just so many. So I'm just very fascinated by that. Okay, great. Well, thank you, Dr. Raimani, for joining us on SBH Bronx Health Talk. Sure. For, for more information on services available at SBH Health System, visit www.sbhny.org. Thank you again. Thank you.